How many times have you said to yourself, I'm going to succeed, and yet you keep coming up short? You probably noticed that high achievers with heart do things differently, but you just can't put your finger on it. You're curious about why high achievers accomplish more and have more satisfying relationships. It's because success is the result of your mindset and the consistent actions you take. This show is designed with your success in mind. By revealing these powerful patterns of our dynamic individuals and guest experts, you can model what they do and apply to your future success now. Let's roll up our sleeves and get started. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And that is right. Welcome, everyone, to the Success Pattern Show, where we hand out golden nuggets. Success patterns are more valuable than ideas. Let me explain. Ideas, while very powerful, require trial and error and a lot of time to put into action. Just think about it. Manufacturing. First, you have an idea, then proof of concept, then a working prototype, then small production batches, and finally, full-scale production. This can take months, maybe even years. And you probably have met some people who are collectors of ideas, but they do little else. Forget everything you've heard about ideas. You're not looking for ideas. You are looking for success patterns. Success patterns are different. Success patterns are better. Why? Well, success patterns are proven, have a logical sequence to steps to follow, have an action imperative, and deliver consistent results. In this content-rich program, you're going to learn valuable success patterns. And we have a very special guest today because this is the couple's edition, and you already see him here with me, my husband, Christian Hoefele. Hey. 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 Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for making time. Thank you to you for making time. Thanks to you guys for making time. And last in our last couple's edition, we asked you, what questions do you have? What questions come up when you see or hear or think about Brigitte and Christian Hoefele? And some of you actually send in some questions. And in our last week's uh, training that we co-facilitated, more questions came up. So we want to address some of those questions. We're not going to address all of them. There's just not enough time. Not today. And, not today. And we're going to have more couples editions in the upcoming months. So we're going to address some. And before we do that, Christian, we, um, like I already said, we co-hosted and trained uh, an NLP practitioner course last week with a, yet another incredible group of people. Yeah. And I kind of sound like a broken record. Because they all, you know, sound. It's a beautiful it, song. It's okay. It is a beautiful song. Because they're all incredible people that come to our practitioner course. And last week was yet another uh, very unique group of individuals. And they asked us, how do you live together, work together, have children together, have a household together, you know, take care of the dog together, uh, do your finances together? and still have time to go on vacation and and have love and, and, and a room be together and be and be together and have a romantic relationship well the parts of that is self-explanatory because we are together and we <laughs> live together that's how the children together happen Aha. that that i think is a given and it, these questions usually keep coming up during our courses our coursework when we have couple participants Mm -hmm. And 
we actually encourage this. Not every one of our participants is in a committed relationship. However, if they are, we usually encourage them to bring their uh, significant other, to bring their life partner spouse to the course so they have the same experience, so they can work through these patterns, these success patterns together. And very often, we th that topic comes up. So how do you guys do it? How long have you been together? How do you make it work? Have you always been... Uh, we talked about this last time, that term power couple, which I don't really like very much. Yet but we is, are. Yes. By uh, definition. I, I, that's not the terminology we use no. for ourselves, right? We are a husband and wife duo who have our strengths and our not so strong features, and we complement each other on those. And we do the best to work on our not so strong features, sometimes individually, more often together. And during the time that we've been together, we haven't always been the quote unquote power couple. There were times when we had some stuff going on that needed to be resolved. It, I, I'm, I'm skeptical of this always happy, always powerful, harmonious couple time. I, I, I have yet to meet couples who have been like that all their relationship, right? It takes work. It's not something that comes handed to you in a, on a silver platter. Yeah. And um, I want to tap into, and I want to go deeper into what you just said. And I want to tap into um, the fact that we have a lot of couples that take the, this so incredibly powerful communication training together. And as they're taking it together, and we've seen this many times over, it's like, you know, the little light bulbs that come up, they have like little light bulbs come up, or sometimes they're like, you know, they're kind of elbowing each other in class and they're like, ah, mm -hmm, that's yeah. where my bruises come from. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> No, it's, 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 oh, this is who we are, or this is, this happens to us too, or this is what's going on when we have this situation. So it, it helps them pull back some of the layers of the communication that becomes so automatic in relationships. We, we are not necessarily intentional and conscious of our sometimes supportive patterns, and successful when he said, patterns. And I'm sorry. And when he says we, he doesn't mean we, he says he couple, means you as couples, right? So how do we develop routines and autopilot behaviors that are sometimes resourceful and successful patterns and sometimes not so successful patterns? So when you said autopilot, right, I think we're, we are all, and I'm now including myself and us, we all are sometimes going in a by a default kind of behavior that might serve, might have served us at some point in our lives, but it might be in the way, especially when we're in a relationship and it might keep coming up. But when we don't have the lenses, when we're not aware of what's going on in our communication and our behavior, then how the heck are we supposed to change it? And, you know, Christian and I have, we've been together now for a long time. Uh, uh, Christian is a lot better than I am with uh, years and dates and things like that. It's okay to stop counting after 20. It's that's right. That's right. And when we were first together, it wasn't always 
pretty. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't all. Pause right there. You were always pretty. Thank you. Thank you. It it it. There is sand in the gearbox. If you to been this to, day, yeah, to this day, there there's crunch moments where we look at each other and now we know. Okay, somebody was unresourceful in the way they did or said something. Happens. Hello. It's not about being perfect. There is no perfect. You strive for perfection. So, how do you have it all? Well, good question. How do you it have all, it all? What is all? Oh. Right. How? What? What do you want to put in that basket of having it all? So, I, I'm I'm very reluctant to accept this this label that whether it be power couple or oh you guys have it all. Yeah, that's nonsense because you watch. Well, other, before you go into the nonsense, what is all? So people, when we hear this often, it's not to toot our own horn, but we often hear, well, Brigitte and Christian, when we look at you, you have it all. You have the house and the real estate and the investments and the and the children and the dog and the time and the vacation and the fun and the success. And the handsome husband. And the handsome husband and the, the gray hair. Wife. The wife. Stop it. <laughs> So, yeah, it may appear to you or you it, it may sound to you that we have it all and maybe we do have it all. And I'm pretty sure that you have it all, too. And it takes. Well, work and commitment. So whatever you define as all, what you put in your basket of all is your definition. It doesn't have to be this or that. It is what you as a couple define as having it, whatever it is all. And we've put together a list. No, it's it, not a list. It's more of a uh, an inventory of, of aspects you might want to consider how, when, yes? How about it's a scaffolding? It's my favorite Love it. word. A scaffold. It's a, it's a scaffold. This is for April Lewis. It's a scaffold. And we talked about scaffold and scaffolding last week in class um, <laughs> quite quite a lot. Intensively. So a scaffold to, to your, the building that is your relationship, right? Imagine your building, your relationship is an, an edifice that is still being constructed as you mature together, as you build your relationship and make it more solid. In order to build that building solid, robust, maybe high or wide, however you want to build it, you're going to need a scaffolding around it to work on it from the outside and the inside, right? So we, nice metaphor, I like it. So we're going to put together a scaffolding for you for the relationships that have it all. You fill your own basket and we collected. Oh, hold on. Now you're, now you're kind of changing metaphors. You, you build your own house. You build your own house. Thank you. <laughs> Because right. so scaffolding, a, you need a basket-shaped house. Right. A basket-shaped house. Okay. So with with aspects, with features, with elements that we have learned are critical for building a robust relationship, and we're not going to touch upon them all in one episode. That would be a very long episode, and I'm not sure if you would stay awake through this. So we decided to pick from this um, scaffold to show you building blocks of the scaffolding over a series of episodes that will put some light on that, what, what will be helpful to build that relationship. Now let's talk about the scaffold real quick. Uh, well, or the scaffolding. A scaffolding is made of individual scaffolds. That means it's made of individual pieces. And these pieces 
um, are, someone said in class the other day, imagine a, a oversized ladder. I mean, that's a very good visual to call a scaffolding. And, and it, there's no one right way to put a scaffolding together with each individual pieces of the scaffold. Right. So you can take, you know, the, the big long piece and connect it to a shorter piece that connects to a platform that you can stand on to connect it to another piece because each individual relationship is different. Just like each individual house is probably different because, you know, we're not, we're not building Cookie cutter a, a relationship co house. a cookie cutter subdivision relationship where we're, you you guys are creating a different relationship than we have because you're unique you're individuals so this the the beautiful thing about the different types of scaffolds that we're giving you in the upcoming episodes you can take them as needed there is not one right way to build a relationship and and, and yet there are some elements that we will consider crucial. That there, are, I think all of the elements are considered crucial. And some of them are non-negotiable. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if you would miss some of the screws in a scaffolding. I don't think that would be, nah. that would be so, safe. Let's start with one. Okay. What's one? Yeah. Start from the top. Start from the beginning. Start from the very beginning. Well-formed outcomes. How many of you have ever heard about well-formed outcomes? Now, if you've, been in our training, if you've been in our courses, you have heard about well-formed outcomes many times over. A well-formed outcome is like what a goal on steroids. It's a it's a very clearly and specifically defined goal. This is what I want, and this is what you want. So in a relationship, it's not just what I want. And yet we've seen many relationships where it's like, but I want that. And then the other partner in the relationship goes, well, but I want something different. So let's start where individuals fail to define well-formed outcomes. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've noticed this for myself as I developed as a human being, I wasn't always very successful in defining what my goals are. My goals were very often undefined or not well-defined dreams visions of something that I would like to have at some point in my life. There was no deadline to it. There was no steps that I would like to take to accomplish that goal. There was no list or, or inventory of what will I have? What will be my benefits of accomplishing it? What will be the detriments I will suffer from not reaching my goal? None of the building blocks of a well-formed outcome were there. So, it starts with having well-formed outcomes for yourself before you can define common well-formed outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. So this is where relationships often struggle in the beginning because you're bringing two sets of goals together that want to be aligned. And if they aren't, then you're gonna have, you're gonna drive on two separate lanes, perhaps on two different highways and wondering how we're gonna get together. So when 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 you were talking about when you didn't have well-formed outcomes defined, what was the detriment? Like what was what was the pain that you suffered? If the, you will? The, the pain was not reaching the goal because there was no actionable consequence. Which meant frustration. Which meant depending on the goal, either no success, financial success. Yeah, no success. So 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 lack of success. Yeah. So when you have a well-formed outcome, you actually now know how to get there. 
and you know what success will be like, right? Like we said earlier, what is it to have it all? That it is your success, right? That's so, that. If you don't know what that will be, what it, what it will look like, what it will sound like, what it will feel like, how you will think about having it or achieving it, if you don't know what that is, you'll never reach it anyway. So it's almost like, you know, you have as an individual, you have your own well formed outcomes. As a couple, you have defined, you have combined well-formed outcomes. So it's, I, I like to call it, you know, imagine a dart and imagine a target that you throw the dart towards or to into the red circle, into the middle. Now you add another hand that's throwing the dart that makes it a little bit more challenging. I'm not sure if it's going to reach the, the disc, the, the, <laughs> the wall at all, if we throw it like that. So when when we take the time to listen to each other and we take the time to first each individual define well you know for our for our relationships from for our relationship this is what i envision and then you find out well your partner's envisioning something completely different then you got to figure out for the ones that have been in our training, you got to find out, is there an ecological consideration? Does it make sense to continue? Yeah. And, and, and if you say, yes, absolutely. We love each other. Then where can you meet? Sometimes you meet in the middle. Sometimes you compromise and you come further over here or you compromise and this person comes further over here. I'm not sure if I like the word compromise in this context. Compromise okay. often sounds like I'm giving up something of my own. Uh, desires, right. right. Okay. So, um, I think defining well-formed outcomes as a couple doesn't have to be a compromise. And if you haven't been part of our training courses and you're still wondering, what the hell are they talking about well-formed outcomes? I'm sure you did an episode on the show about well-formed outcomes. And maybe there was probably a show that you have archived on your YouTube channel. For sure. And we'll put that link in the comment box underneath that will give you some more meat on the bone on how to define well-formed outcomes. Now, when I say this, compromise, yes or no, maybe sometimes, yes. I think if you can combine your ideas about the well-formed outcome, it may not have to be something you give up of your own wishes and desires. It may actually add to the well-formedness of the outcome. Oh, you want this to be part of this? And I want that, and that together would make it even better. Yeah, let's do that. And it takes two of us to accomplish that because I by myself would have never thought of including your piece because I wouldn't have the resources to do that. Now we're together. We are throwing both our weight and our force and our resources behind it. Now we can reach an outcome that is way above the one that I had before for myself. So forget for a second about the compromise there there will be situations when your well-formed outcome as a couple will be a compromise it doesn't have to be that way all the time and in my like experience and our experience it wasn't a compromise every time now once you have to find what your well-formed outcome is then you have what and agreement yes you can shake hands as a couple we typically don't do this. We only do this on camera. Our agreement looks different. That's not camera ready. Um, you have to have an agreement. Without an agreement, the well-formed outcome will fizzle away because there is no accountability. 
An agreement means if one of us, both of us aren't delivering on the incremental steps, then the outcome is in jeopardy, right? So the agreement means we hold each other accountable. We have, we agree on the language because the words we choose for our well-formed outcome is what shapes our thoughts and minds and feelings about it. We choose the way we hold each other accountable. We choose the timing together. We choose the uh, allocation of resources. All of this are part of an agreement. So when when you say that we're accountability partners, because often, and that takes that takes practice, that takes fine tuning to be accountability partners that are also sharing a bed, because that can that can go sideways or even south pretty quick. So making an agreement just around the accountability, what that looks, sounds, and feels like to not overstep the boundaries of that the other person becomes resentful or becomes angry. That is an, when, when you're in a relationship and you made an, you set the well-formed outcomes, you probably wrote them down. Maybe you even have minutes uh, that you are putting down when you have a, a meeting. Some of, some of us do that. Um, then you agree on how are you holding each other accountable. And if it's not completely agreed upon how you hold each other accountable, that's a confirmation and a feedback that you want to do a better job in communicating with each other what that accountability looks like. Hey, you said you would have this done by Friday. No, I thought this was next week, Friday. Uh, uh. Well, first of all, the tonality just completely threw me off, right? And you probably would be thrown off by, well, we weren't clear on which Friday. Hmm. So often relationships, I would I would argue 80% of, of relationships fail because we're deleting, distorting, and generalizing information when we communicate with each other. And, and we think that, well, you can read my mind, so I don't have to spill, I don't have to spell out everything. But then you put in what you were thinking in the moment. And I was thinking, well, he's going to put in, he's going to fill in the blanks of what I was thinking. Well, that puts a lot of pressure on you. Are you a mind reader? Not yet. I'm still working on that. Um, <laughs> and, and neither am I. And neither are you. And you shouldn't be. So a essential building block of your scaffolding is clean, nonviolent, elegant, efficient communication for yourself and your partner. And it's interesting how much work that takes for some of us. I know for sure it took me a lot of work to improve the efficiency of my communication. And I think you've talked about this on your program before. It bears repeating our message making, the way we verbalize or not only verbalize, how we send messages out of ourselves from our brain out into the world is the words that we use. You hear us speaking words in a certain sequence. You also hear us speaking words in a certain tonality. So I am now choosing a fairly assertive, instructive tone of voice. I could also whisper it to you and maybe talk to you in this tone of voice, but that wouldn't help us in this scenario. And I could also scream it at the screen, which probably would turn you off as well. So tonality plays a huge role in this as well. And then you see me moving my 
head around and my hand and my shoulders are moving. And even though you only see maybe a quarter of my body, my body, my eyes, my wrinkles on my forehead, my head tilt, my mouth corner, Brigida's head nod or head shake or smile, all of this communicates message as well. So we have a lot of nonverbal parts of our communication. So we have words, tonality, and body language that creates message making. And as a couple in a relationship, I know I often misread what Brigida sent to me as a message. I also know that the messages that I sent were not received by her the way I intended to. And guess what? It still happens. And you said something earlier. It's hard. Work Working on yourself is hard. But not working on yourself is, is hard too. No, it's actually harder because the outcome is success, missing success. So I don't like that. So it, it makes it doesn't make the relationship just harder, the communication, it makes your entire life and and hard. And it and it 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 kind of um eats on your on the quality of life. And I don't I don't I choose not to have that kind of hard. I choose to have the and I don't see it as hard anymore. I don't know how you are, Christian. In the beginning, it was definitely a challenge. Now we've we've developed a practice amongst the two of us that allows us to not see it as work. It's something that becomes a continuous practice. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves or need to remind, I need to remind myself, we remind each other to continue the practice. Sometimes I fall out of a, a best practice. Sometimes you do, sometimes we do simultaneously. And I'm pretty and, sure you, you experience the same. And the beauty is we recognize it and you recognize it too once you, know what to look for and what to listen to and how to feel that out, right? There is a way to, to be able to do that. So the awareness is the first part. The awareness is what's hard because you become aware of something you've been doing that was non-supportive. Realizing that for yourself individually or as a couple might be a bit painful in the beginning. And that overcoming that piece is fantastic because you go from this unconscious incompetence of being a couple to becoming this kind of painful. Now I'm conscious of how incompetent we've been up until now. Yeah. Yuck. Okay. That's hard. And now that's we, really hard. That's the hard, that's where, that's the part where people often fall off the wagon and say, yeah, or and fall, they, fall off the scaffold and walk down that ladder and say, I'm done with this construction site. Or, or they just stay and they just kind of, you know, hang their feet down from the scaffolding and just kind yeah, of let, look let, around. Yeah. Let's leave it that way. It's good enough that way. That's, um, that's, that's not just hard. I'm sorry. From where I'm standing, that's horrible. Who well, would want to live like that? It wouldn't work for us. So so we went from unconscious incompetence of being in a good relationship to being consciously incompetent, looking at yourself like, dang it, that's not the way we want it to be. That, that's where the hard part comes. The fantastic thing is if, if you choose to continue here, you come to the next level, which is the conscious competence, and you realize, dang it. Look at us. We're doing better at this. This is see we, how we resolve this issue without a fight or see how this is making us happier. And the people around us, EI, our kids in that scenario are not frustrated with us. Fantastic. <laughs> and the, the goal essentially is to reach a level of unconscious competence where you're not even actively thinking about how you're doing it right. There will be, in my experience, might be different for you or for you. Um, sometimes, I notice ourselves stepping down to the conscious competence. Of where I that's where the awareness comes in. Is that, 
yeah, dang it, we I could have said this better, or this is how we fell back into a pattern that we've had a couple of years ago that wasn't supportive. Let's let's be better about this. And the beauty is what I said a minute ago is recognizing it, having the ability and the awareness to recognize it when you screw it up, because you have the tools, you know how to do better. And that's human. We are not robots. We're not perfect. We 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 have peaks and we have days when we are not as resourceful and we do the best we can with the resources at any given moment. And there are days when we're not in top shape it happens. Well, even then when we're not in top shape, we also, like you just said, there's the awareness, there's the realization that we, when we constantly learn, when we constantly evolve, we're not staying at that. We're not staying at the peak of this one mountain we're, it's, it's a plateau. And then we can move on, we can continue to learn, and suddenly another peak will open up. Mm. So that, that, that unconscious competence in that one area stays, and then we continue to learn and grow, and we become consciously competent, or we become aware that we might be unconsciously incompetent, and oh, now, now that I know that I kind of suck at this, I want to work on that. And you don't suck at it anymore. I don't. No. No. So a lot of stuff. Let me rewind the tape. So first of all, you want to become aware of your own behavioral patterns. That will take some work. And the sooner you start on that, the better. You know, there's multiple ways to do this. We're telling you this because we want to open that door to you. We want to show you, hey, this is where you can go. And these are where other resources will be for you. Have well-formed outcomes individually and of course jointly define what is your well-formed outcome as a result of that definition of being in alignment what these joint well-formed outcomes are create agreements however you document those for yourselves we write them down you you do you have agreements that are solid that are specific specific thank you very much that are explicitly stated in positives, mm -hmm. right? It's not, yeah, we don't want to fight anymore. That's not stated in a positive. The, desire, like? the desired outcome is we live in harmony and balance. You state it in a positive. You collect that and you come to an agreement, document the agreement. That is the basis of your accountability with one another. This is how you look each other in the face and jointly in the mirror, or we are now looking at a camera seeing ourselves, this is how you face up to yourself. And thirdly, you take, and we didn't talk about this yet, but the third piece is... Uh, hmm? We're going to talk about that next week. Oh, cliffhanger. Um, for some of you, we, we had someone in, in, in class the other day, and they were having a hard time with the accountability. Mm. If you have a hard time and it becomes more of an issue between the two of you, get someone that will mediate, get someone that will take over the accountability until you can find a place and time and a way to communicate with each other to, to do hold yourself accountable. It doesn't have to be mediation. It could be a third party Just that any, is... Yeah, not is, your is, children. Is, is, no. And, and not your mother or father either. Or in-laws. Yeah. Maybe a best man might be that person. Maybe. Or a coach. A, a bridesmaid. Or a coach. That could be the same person, by the way. Um, True. 
have somebody that is Switzerland, that is neutral, that has no that has no skin in the game of your relationship, right? So immediate relatives and and in-laws are usually not a good choice for that. Yeah, I agree. So we we uh, talked about well from outcomes and agreements. We're going to continue on the scaffolding the next time we have our couples edition in a few weeks. So stay tuned for that. Make sure that you tune in again. Uh, for the ones that are looking for the checklist of the scaffolding, simply send me an email. Brigitta at Höfele. You see the name right here. Brigitta, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-A at Höfele, H-O-E-F-E-R-L-E.com. Just send me a quick email in the subject line scaffolding and then I'll know uh, what you need and we will send you the scaffolding checklist. Until then, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Christian, for being here. And thank you for um, talking about uh, well-formed outcomes and agreements. See you for the Success Pattern Show, not the Couples Edition. Success Pattern Show next week, same time, same place. Thank you for tuning in. And you will notice opportunities to apply Success Patterns daily while eagerly anticipating next week's content-rich Success Patterns.